we're gonna keep it. <sighs> well, here we go again. You know what that means, don't you, Big Dog? It's podcast time. <laughs> All right. My guest here for, I believe, this is the 27th episode, Big Boy Numbers, first episode, or first interview of the semester, I'd say. It's my friend. I met him in the gym. Well, that's a lie. I met him with a mutual friend, and I thought, this guy is like, being nice to me because the mutual friend's a lady, and he doesn't look bad in front of a lady. I was like, but like once I actually started talking to him, like, we met in the gym. He saw me knock a heavy bag off the stand. Not that I'm that masculine, but, like, I either was really going at it. I don't remember exactly how it happened, but we decided to start sparring after that. He whips my ass every once in a while, every every so often. But he's a very nice man. Joe, please introduce yourself. Hello, everyone. I am Joe Hardy Green. I prefer to go by Joe. Um... Contrary to what Jackson says, I do not beat him up. We, we beat each other up, you know. And, yeah, we met each other at an orientation leader stand and met again in the gym and decided to spar. I wanted to see what he was all about. You know, he broke a heavy bag. <laughs> not just anyone can do that. So I decided to see what he was about. And I haven't regretted it since. Well, I appreciate that, Joe. I'll be honest. Like, whenever I first met you, I, I'm, I don't want to say I'm intimidated by you, but I was like, dang, this guy might be a little bit of a cool kid. I don't know if he's going to like me that much. But, uh, like, whenever I first met you, you kind of reminded me of one of my older friends at my old high school, like somebody that looked out for me. And, like, I didn't know you that well yet. But we met each other, and it was actually pretty cool. So, like, the first thing, since we're f- just coming back for the podcast and everything, let's talk about you, like, where are you from initially? Because we both go to the same college. All right. Um, so I'm from Chicago, Illinois, south side, um, the inner city. Um, I attended Limbloom Math and Science Academy, and that's a selective enrollment school. It's thought of to be as, like, the school for smart kids in the city. Mm-hmm. But it, it very quickly taught me that I'm not as smart as I thought I was. How so? Um, coming into high school, elementary school was always pretty easy because mm-hmm. in public school, the kids that want to learn and the kids that don't want to learn are all grouped together. Okay. So yeah. all you really have to do in public school is at least put in a little effort and you're pretty much going to get good grades. So I developed no studying skills at all. Oh, and coming into a selective enrollment high school where everyone is like the cream of the crop, um, you get a very rude awakening. <laughs> yeah, I got you. Yes. So well, you said it was something about like your studying habits. Like once you got there, did you feel like you weren't like as good as the others? Did you um, feel like you were lazy? Uh, I would say I'm lazy for sure. <laughs> but I would also say that I'm more so had to learn very quickly on my feet um coming from being an almost straight a student in elementary to getting my first ever c and then d mm, damn that that's gotta suck yeah it was my parents weren't the happiest about it but understandable yeah um i'd learned very quickly um had to adapt on the fly you really start you really know you'd learn a lot about yourself in times of uh adversity okay. i truly believe that and i learned that when I want to do something, I can, but I also learned that I'm pretty lazy, and I don't put in as much effort as I should, and that's a big thing also. I got you. Well, if it makes you feel any better, now that I've met you, I think you're a character sometimes, <laughs> don't get me wrong, but you seem to be, it seems like you care, which I think is pretty cool. Absolutely. Like, 9 out of 10 people that I get close with, it's very rare that they don't care, mm-hmm. so I do respect that. Like, I do kind of want to know. We talked about this. We've been trying to do this podcast for a while because we talked about it, like, last year. Absolutely. And so, like, we try to schedule this a few times. I messed up a few times. We couldn't get together at the same time. But since we're here, like, you talked about growing up in Chicago. Yes. Do you miss home? Is it different from home? Is being here, like, is it weird? Um, I wouldn't say it's weird. Mm-hmm. I, w- I would say it's different for sure just because... In Chicago, there's always something to do. Yeah. And where I'm from, that's something to do. Maybe um, maybe going to the basketball court, playing basketball, or just hanging out at the local uh, park. 
what that may turn into, however, it may not always be the safest thing. Uh-huh. Um, you know, contrary to popular belief, Chicago is it's not the safest, but it's what you make of it. Mm-hmm. You know, you growing up, you learn a lot about like the mistakes of others because your family will often point out, you know, they were doing this, so this happened and things like that. Uh, we can get into specifics later if you're interested in okay. on it. But yeah, you so you you learn a lot about like there's always things to do. And in Springfield, there's not much to do at all, especially mm-hmm. on UIS campus. So, and the food in Chicago is much better. Oh yeah. <laughs> you know, the gr- union is pretty pretty good. I say that very generously, mm-hmm. but it has nothing on Chicago food. I got you. Do you miss home? Um, I do miss home. I miss my family also, but I know that part of life is growing, and I, that's how I look at college. You know, opportunity to grow as a person, as a man, and to set myself up for a better future. That sounds like a pretty legit answer. Like, do you ever get homesick now that you're a little bit older? You're older than me. You're a junior, by the way. I don't know if I specified that correct. Correct. All right. I got you. Um, homesick. I'm not. I actually don't because, you know, I feel like a lot of people come to college. Maybe not a lot of people. I feel like some people come to college, though, and they're like, man, I'm away from my parents. I'm away from all my friends. You know, I, I hate it here. Or maybe they don't get the best experience from their college life. I came to college with my best friend from high school, Julian, mm-hmm. and another good friend that I met from high school. Um, his name was Nick. He was my roommate. And I met a pretty decent amount of people here, you know, within my first couple of weeks. So mm-hmm. I felt like I had already had myself established to the point where I was so active, you know, so busy. I didn't really have time to think about, oh, if I was at home, I would be doing this or doing that, and you know. So, I got you. I actually enjoy myself here. Um, I do miss my home life. I miss my parents, but I have a lot here that I miss when I'm at home also. I got you. So do you have any siblings or anything like that? Um, I have two stepsisters. Okay. Yes, on my dad's side. I got you. Yeah, we're very close, though. They're basically my real sisters. Well, that's good. That's a good sign. Okay. So coming from Chicago, you knew people here, all that jazz. Mm -hmm. Like... Was it hard for you to make friends whenever you first got here? Um, contrary to how it may seem, you know, I was very open with you. Yeah, I'm actually very, um, a very isolated person. I like mm-hmm. to think I'm very cautious around people I meet. I like to, you know, observe my surroundings, observe the people before I even speak because I feel like you learn a lot about people and your surroundings mm-hmm. by observing, not just by interacting. So. Um, you know, when you were talking, you came up very politely, and thank you, thank you. <laughs> and I felt like you, you gave me good vibes. I didn't feel any like malicious intent at all. That's what so, I like to hear. Oh. Yeah, but you were a unique case. Most of the time here, um, if I'm not already established with you, I I'm not really like an outgoing, like in terms of making friends kind of person. I feel like the smaller your circle is the kind of better i got you yeah so it wasn't hard for me to make friends to answer your question but i just prefer not to have too many i got you yeah so like the people that you have you want just to be close and that's the way it is and that's the way it should be i agree yes i respect that i think that's a reasonable answer yeah and it's not anything against like me just not liking people um you know i have bad experiences when you've had like a lot of people that you consider your friends mm-hmm. and so ever since then you know i'm way more cautious because you know if you're friends with people you're going to tell them things that maybe the general public doesn't know mm-hmm. and then when those things start to get around you're like man i wonder who said that i only told my friends okay. and then you yeah, learn yeah, yeah, a yeah. lot about who's really your friends you know i can get that definitely sadly some people can be bogus sometimes Unfortunately, yes. <laughs> well, I can see what you're doing with that. That makes sense. But makes you feel any better. I try to be a straight shooter. I think you know that. You're obviously a pretty cool guy. You too, man. Just whenever I met you, like, you, again, you didn't intimidate me, but I definitely thought this guy's going to be interesting. I didn't know <laughs> if I was going to get you or not. But, like, you did. You told me you did kickboxing, right? Um, I did Muay Thai, Muay Thai. and Jiu Jitsu, along you. with a few other, 
you know, combat sports. I got you. So how'd you get into that, if you don't mind me asking? Um, I don't mind at all. When I was growing up, <clears throat> before, um, you know, I put any real weight on me, I was just a, like a medium height kid that was kind of skinny. Mm-hmm. And... I used to get into fights a lot. Oh, really? A lot. Ooh. Yeah. And um, I didn't always win them. Yeah. But I was never afraid to fight. So then after a while, my parents were like, well, if you're going to fight all the time, you might as well know how to do it the right nice. way. Okay. And they I, they, taught, they made sure they got the point across, never start a fight, but never be afraid to defend yourself either. Mm-hmm. And so after that, I started doing Muay Thai. I started doing jujitsu. Um, I took a few karate classes, did some self-taught kung fu, and I had friends that boxed. Okay. So I'm a little bit in every, like a jack of all trades, master of none. It seemed like it. Yeah, yeah. but I, I enjoy the art. I feel like it's a good way to control one's temper, and you get to know a lot about yourself when it's just you punching a bag or sparring with people or actually fighting someone to defend yourself because. You know, contrary to what some people believe, fighting is a part of life. You may not, it may not be fist fights. You may have to fight to get a good grade in the class. You may have to fight to, you know, stay alive in certain situations. But, like, fights are going to find you in life. And sometimes you just have to be ready to fight back for those. And I just thought that was part of me preparing to fight back for whatever life had to throw at me. That's, that, that was pretty good. But yeah, <laughs> like, there's conflict in everything, I guess. Yeah. But, so. Now, if you this, I guess is a little more of a personal question. But when was the last time you had to get into a, like an actual fight? Um, it's been a while, actually. I would have to say probably my junior year of high school. Okay, so not since you've been in college. No, not I got gotcha. you. Were you provoked, or was it like? Um, yeah, it was. Uh, <laughs> one one of my basketball teammates' girlfriends. Uh, we were cool. And I say that, like, it was strictly platonic, you know, nothing romantic. Nice. But she would talk to me about their problems, and me being a nice person, I was there to lend an ear. Mm-hmm. He didn't appreciate that. Oh, yeah. And, yeah, he came up to me in a very aggressive manner and was like, you know, stop talking to her. And, like I said, I'm not one to back down from a challenge, so I told him no. And... I FaceTimed her. Again, I probably shouldn't have provoked him, but yeah. I did it, and he punched me. Um, I grabbed his arm, put him in the triangle choke. Oh, damn. Yeah, with my legs. And, <laughs> and then it was broken up, and I didn't have any problems with him after that, you know. Yeah, I wouldn't. Yeah, <laughs> after being put in the triangle choke, I wouldn't have any problems either. <laughs> oh, damn, that's crazy. Yeah, I wish it didn't have to get to that point. Uh, I always kind of feel bad after it's like conflicts like that, but I always think to myself, you know, you fight once, you may not have to fight again. Mm-hmm. It'll deter any other possible, you know, people that wish to come at you host- hostily. Uh, yeah, so that's crazy, though. Were you friends with the guy? Um, or were you just kind of like you were friends with his girlfriend and then yeah. that's bogus? Yeah, I was friends with the girlfriend. Um, me and him, we were teammates on the basketball team, but you know how that is. Like, not everyone on the team is going to be, like, the best of friends. So, yeah. yeah, we were just more so associates that played on the same team. Okay. Well, I can tell you from sparring with you, I would not want to mess with you in a real fight nor see <laughs> you mad. Like, you're pretty tough, bro. Um, I wouldn't. I wouldn't even like to say that. I just feel like, you know, I've been in a lot of situations where you, you have to fight. I, I'm not saying it in any way, like to anyone who's listening to this. You know, mm-hmm. come fight me and I'll beat you. Because yes. everyone can loses fights, but I just choose my fights very wisely. I feel like, mm-hmm. you know, I'm never been one to back down, but I've also never been one to go out and provoke a fight. And so if if I lose a fight, you know, I lose, but you got to take the chance sometimes. Mm -hmm. Well, considering I have never, well, like in grade school, I got into a bunch of fist fights, but they're usually (laughs) stupid. But uh, like after grade school, I kind of mellowed out. I became very calm. Mm -hmm. But about my junior year, I started, I was a little overweight. I was probably about 5'7". 5'8", and I was probably about 175, mm-hmm. except it was in all the wrong places. <laughs> so I gained about 
I guess right now I'm five eleven and a quarter of an inch mm, growth. Exactly, but like my senior year, I was about five ten. On my soccer sheet, it said five eleven because I put that. I was really like five nine, five ten, but I weighed one thirty five. But I remember one day I was riding home from a golf meet, and like we were talking about something, and people were not giving me shit. But it was definitely. I said out loud, "I think I'm going to get a punching bag, mm-hmm. and I think I'm going to try to lose some weight." And they were kind of patronizing. I think they were trying to be nice, but I was like. Yeah, not a whole. Nah, they didn't think I was going to do it. They didn't think I I was going to be able to or had the desire. Mm-hmm. But I went home. I bought a punching bag. Yeah, that or my parents did. I can't remember. If, like, I'm not going to say I'm a big spender. I will admit that they might have gotten that for me. Mm-hmm. There is a small chance I did buy it, though. So <laughs> give me some credit. But long story short, I got the punching bag, and I got... I don't want to say uber serious about it, mm-hmm. but I definitely I got to the point where... My dad, back in his younger days, he was a little on the feisty side, I would probably say. So he had plenty of his fist fights. And so, like, he taught me the stuff that he knew. And that's how, like, I don't know too much. I think you noticed whenever we sparred. You're pretty good, I would say. Well, you have thank a, you. Man. A nice right hook. Thank you. I appreciate <laughs> that. But it got to the point where I wanted to get better. I haven't ever gotten into a fist fight. The closest thing that I got into a fight other than grade school is just sparring with you, and like we weren't going to hurt each other. Okay. But I remember that one time we were in the gym, and that one guy wanted to spar with us. Yeah. That guy was <laughs> being a character. Definitely. And uh, I try not to speak bad on people because, you know, everyone has a story, mm-hmm. and maybe he has some things that he has unresolved, but he definitely didn't have the greatest way of uh, approaching us with the intent of, you know, friendly sparring he was actually kind of patronizing like I, it seemed to me he was giving off like are you scared of me bro yeah he's trying to give it the tough guy yeah like, so, i'll take it bro <laughs> yeah so in order to avoid that like i said i choose my fights wisely um certain things aren't worth it i didn't want i don't have to prove anything to him mm-hmm. like oh yeah i could kick your ass or anything like that i don't i'm not that kind of person you know Pretty i agree one. i strongly agree thank you but like we kind of talked about it briefly, I guess, but you talked about defending yourself. Mm-hmm. Like, did was it always you felt like the need that you had to get into a fist fight to defend yourself whenever you were younger? Um, I would say it all depend on the level of escalation that was being presented to me because some people will come to you uh, and they'll just come to you with words. Uh-huh. You know, words may escalate, they may not, but I've sometimes I can get out of it just by talking. Sometimes I can get out of it by responding to them in a similar hostile manner and they're surprised and then you know they go they away back off. Yeah. but some people take that as a challenge to their manhood and then they feel the need to put their hands on you Dang. that's where it becomes an entirely different um game in itself mm-hmm. and actually in i want to say about seventh grade eighth grade one of those two i think it's seventh grade um it was well known that i could fight and so there was one group of kids who who wanted like one of them was antagonizing me and you know he was making it known like oh yeah you know you're not going to do anything so i'm responding to him or whatever so we get in each other's faces again no no punches have been thrown but instead of it being you know just a single fist fight you know me and him one-on-one uh, four of his friends oh, get up. Damn. Yeah. <laughs> and again, like I said, uh, I choose my fights very wisely. Um, and I was like, is it worth me, you know, maybe hopefully getting two of them down, but then having to deal with two more, like mm-hmm. kicking me in the back and stuff like that? And I was like, it's not worth it. And that's a big thing. Also, it was like knowing when to back down. Mm-hmm. I, choo- I, I wouldn't say knowing when to back down, knowing when to choose your fights. Yeah. So then I, I, I left the situation alone. I went back to my area, but, and it's like that sometimes. Mm-hmm. Like, like you like to say, it do be like that sometimes. It do. And true words have yet to be spoken. <laughs> and yeah, so I just had to take that and just move away from it because at the end of the day, certain things aren't worth it. Mm-hmm. And fighting four kids against one of me isn't worth it. Yeah, that's pretty bogus that they do that though. Yeah. 
Ooh, that's I got some slime out just in case one of us got fidgety. It looks like I'm the one using it. It's make, <laughs> it makes a hell of a noise. Anyway, so I'm kind of curious. Like Considering you're from Chicago, it's quite the juxtaposition to go from Chicago to a cornfield Definitely. such as Springfield. Is there a reason why you did that? Um, I feel like the response I'm going to give is the same one that about 80% of the student population will give. Mm-hmm. University of Illinois Springfield has very low tuition cost yeah. and very low all-around expenses. Um, you know, I'm, I'm not the richest at all, and I feel like this school was a good fit for me. I'm the kind of person, as a student, that needs a lot of one-on-one attention if I'm struggling in an area. Mm-hmm. And the fact that, like I said, the tuition costs were low also helped. So I knew for a fact that once I saw the average student-to-teacher ratio, I believe it's around 13 to 1, I was like, that classroom size sounds perfect for me because when I'm in big classrooms and I don't understand something, I get lost pretty easily, and I learned that in high school. So I didn't want to repeat that in college when I'm paying for something. I got So, yeah, I just decided to shoot my shot at Springfield, and I made it okay. so far. Do you think it's easier to focus here than it would be in Chicago? Definitely. Um, not even just Chicago. I feel like if I was at a, a big school in general, it would be harder to focus because I feel like, obviously with college life, there's many different aspects of it. Mm-hmm. A lot of the things, one of the big things for people when we graduated from high school was going to a HBCU, you know, historically black college university, okay. where a lot of the student population is black. And with that comes, it's way, it's a lot more expensive because they're not as funded because, you know, I believe, not that the private universities, but they're not public. So they don't receive as much uh, funding, mm-hmm. something along those lines. Don't quote me on that. But, you know, things with that, you see on social media all the time, it's like, uh, when you have to change four times a day, to, you know, to flex on others and things like that. Uh, I woke up this morning and just threw on a hoodie and some sweatpants, and I've been wearing that all day. So it's good to know that after leaving a three-hour tutoring session, I can relax and just uh, enjoy the rest of my day and do my homework mm-hmm. without having to change two more times to impress the fellow students. Understandable. Yeah. So, like... In HBC, a historically black college? University, HBCU. Okay, HBCU. Hmm. So what is what is the difference between that and like a, just a university or college? Um, well, the first big difference would be the demographics of the yes. university. I gotcha. Um, so I believe there's about, I want to say like 95% of each HBCU, unless they're like in very rural areas, mm-hmm are about 95% black or African-American, and then the rest are minorities. The largest that I've heard was at a school down south, but there are so many of the HBCUs, I can't remember its name, but the largest population that I've heard of, of white students, was 3% at one. And besides from that, um, they don't all, like I said, they don't get the best funding, so some of the dorms uh, may be experiencing problems. Like, I remember one dorm, at Howard University, um, they didn't have running water for a while. Mm. Um, they had very beat up old dorm rooms that had like mold on the windows, and there were there were um, times where the students it, they were overpopulated. So there were students that uh, came to the school expecting to receive housing, but the the housing, I mean, but the campus ran out of housing, so they were out of um, a room. <laughs> That's bogus. Yeah, I guess like that. Dang. Mm-hmm. <laughs> All right. So, was UIS your first choice, by the way? Or Absolutely. It was. Uh, UIS was the only school I applied for. Really? Actually. Yeah. So, wow. you know, I like to go all in on some things. And I felt like once I spoke to Aaron Bedeker, he was a recruiting person that came to my school. He spoke to me one on one. He was like, you know, if you do this and do that, I can get you this much. And I feel like UIS is for you. Dang. And I felt like it was genuine. So, He emailed me personally before I received my official letter of acceptance and told me that I had been accepted to the school. Wow. And from then on, uh, my parents were all in. They loved it here. And it's been history ever since then. Well, that's awesome. You don't regret it? Not at all. Awesome. Okay. 
Well, this will lead into the next thing, but you're a computer science major. Oh, and yes. nine out of ten people looking at you, I don't like I'd almost see you as a business major maybe, but computer science, I would not expect that. I feel like a lot of people will think that also, um I, I was recently thinking about asking people like, Oh, you know, if I told you if I just told you I was a senior here, what would you think my major was? Just to see their reactions. Mm-hmm. But when I tell people I'm a computer science major, uh, they're pretty surprised. Um, again, that's I, I, I don't want to be stereotypical, but most people, I feel like when they think of computer science majors, one person told me they say they think of the people who still stay in like their mom's basement <laughs> with long hair and who don't shower. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I do shower and don't well, stay in my mom's ideal. basement. <laughs> Here, throw that puppy in there. Yeah, but... Um, I, I wouldn't say the the major really is constituted on looks. I feel like it's based on how much work you're willing to put into it, just like anything else in life. I need to grapple that thing a little bit more. Yeah. <laughs> I think I got the rest of it. We got I'm some slime. Slime, yeah. <laughs> they got on my hands, but it's gone now. Like, I agree. Sadly, a lot of it's stereotypical. Like, 9 out of 10 computer science majors, usually the stereotype is that they're not as personable. Yeah. And you're very personable. You have, And I have a lot of friends that are computer science majors that are personable. It's just, sadly, the stereotype is if you're good with computers, you're probably a nerd. Or, exactly. like, you're probably just kind of a bummer to talk to. Exactly. But that's life, I guess. Yeah, and I feel like people should get away from that because... Judging someone based on anything except for their actual personality is something that can limit you because uh, I met a lot of the nicest people on this campus in my computer science classes. Mm-hmm. And, you know, if I wasn't a computer science major, I really don't know what else I would be, to be honest. Really? Yeah. So why did you choose it? Um, for one, I knew that I wanted to do something that will make me a lot of money and that will guarantee me job security. Okay. So I actually wanted to be a forensic technician specializing in blood spatter analysis. I'm a big Dexter fan for anyone who um, knows. If you know, you know. Mm-hmm. But yeah, um, it turns out for that, there are not many jobs. Uh, you have to be the best in your field and take a lot of science classes to um, get to there. I took AP Biology my senior year mm-hmm. and regretted every minute of it. Oh, really? Yes. So I was like, if I have to take this class and I'm going to be taking, you know, very high-level chemistry classes and crime scene analysis classes, I was like, yeah, I'm just going to go ahead and choose something else. So, and then when you Google, you know, top jobs out of college, mm-hmm. computer science uh, degrees are associated with a lot of the top jobs, you know, like software engineer or software developer, things like that. Okay. So do you like doing it? I do. I, I enjoy it a lot. The feeling that you get when you uh, successfully can code a program that's mm-hmm. very difficult is like nothing else in this world, you know, because I feel like everyone loves to be rewarded for putting in effort for something, but uh, I'm one of the only two people in my first, you know, one of the only three people in my um, freshman computer science class that is still continuing with the major to this day. Really? Yes. Wow. So, you know, there are times when I want to stop, but I, the feeling that I get after I'm able to complete a difficult assignment is like nothing else in this world. So mm-hmm. I wouldn't trade it for anything, and I'm not a quitter either. So I've noticed. Definitely. All right. So... Did you have experience with like computer science before you came? That's uh, what I thought. <laughs> I had no. For those who don't know, I just shook my head. No, I have no experience with computer science when I first arrived here, and you know a lot of the people who are still doing computer science or who are in the level of the classes that I'm in now all have um, experience for sure. Mm-hmm. They whether it's they're self-taught or they took. Um, maybe development classes in high school or coding classes in high school yeah they're all very much so more uh knowledgeable about the subject than i am and that goes based on their you know previous knowledge of uh coding and maybe classes that they've taken but i'm by far not ahead of anyone (laughs) in my classes well, at least you're sticking to it. I'd imagine a lot of people that don't have experience usually call it a day after the first like semester. Yeah, I know quite a few people that did that. Mm-hmm. So, like, was there anything else other than like the you said the forensic specialist with the Dexter type stuff? Mm-hmm. Like, was there anything else you ever thought about doing? 
Um, I considered being a doctor mm. because my mom's a nurse, and okay. she would always tell me, you know, if you're a doctor, you'll make a lot of money. Um, but I like to think of it realistically. You know, science classes have never really been my thing. Yeah. And when you get to that high level, you actually have to be able to retain and you know apply that knowledge that you learn to real life people, and you're gonna have lives. At, in the balance of your hands based on the decisions you make from the knowledge you gain during your college career and medical school career. And I figured that the hefty amount of student loan debt that I would accumulate throughout my journey to become a physician wouldn't probably pay out for me because I, being realistic, I probably wouldn't have stuck with it. You mm-hmm. know, it's very difficult. There, are, The science classes are out of this world. Um, I just don't feel like it was for me. You know, there are better people than I am, more fit for that. Well, like, everybody has something that they think they would like to do. And especially, like, science majors or people that want to become doctors or physicians, I look at them like, there's no way. (laughs) Like, I like to think I'm dedicated to the things I like, but the idea of trying to do stuff like that or try to go to medical school or try to go to graduate school, that blows my mind sometimes. Exactly. You don't want to go to graduate school, do you? Um, No. With my degree... um you know, when I'm fortunate enough to graduate with my computer <laughs> science degree. Sorry, I had to. It's fine. Um, I don't have to uh, go to grad school to secure a higher paying job. My, mm-hmm. my field is based on experience and what you know. There are people who don't have degrees who are making, you know, millions of dollars with the coding. And there are people that have bachelor's that are on their way to making that. So the only reason I would go back to school is to get that go back to grad school would be if I wanted to be a college teacher for computer science. Would you ever do that? No. I was about to say. <laughs> that'd be definitely an interesting twist. Definitely. But okay. I'll leave that for better people than me. Understandable. So after college and everything, what do you want to do? Like, you want to use your computer science, obviously. But do you want to go somewhere specific? Do you want to stay in Springfield, go to Chicago, or go somewhere else? Um, I know for sure that I don't want to stay... Uh, in Chicago I'm open to staying in a suburb maybe on the uh, not too far outskirts of Chicago mm-hmm. or maybe staying in a downtown rise of some sort but I know for sure I don't want to stay in the city um, I have a cousin who has a computer science degree who works for the FBI mm. who says he could put in a word for me as far as getting a possible position there and they you choose where you want to work based on like one of their different offices that need you yeah so he's actually in kansas city missouri and he said there were positions for chicago but he chose not to stay so depending on really where my career takes me i believe is where i'll decide to stay but chicago the city is out of the question i got you would you think about living in a different city um i would actually be open to that um Mm -hmm. maybe not a really huge city well, actually, I take that back. Maybe a big city. Yeah. Maybe like San Diego or mm. Oakland. Okay. Something like that. You lean in California? Uh, That'd be preferential. Preferential, but okay. it's very expensive to live in California. Yeah, I'd imagine. So maybe like New York City, it was also expensive to live there. Yeah. I just really like big city vibes because okay. I'm from Chicago, you yeah. know, it's a big city. Um, And I'm comfortable there, but... I just wouldn't want to stay there because I would want to see something new as opposed to what I grew up in. Yeah, I understand that. The older you get, the more stuff you want to see. Exactly. Time is finite. Yeah, it is. Uh, Like, whenever I think about stuff, especially after college and where I'm going to go, I have no idea. The places that'd be cool to live, I'm kind of in the same boat as you. I don't really want to go back to my hometown. And I don't know if I'd want to live in a place that I'm too familiar with I'd be willing to live in St. Louis for a little while. I think that'd be pretty cool. Like, bigger cities. It's just the idea of having something to do is always something appealing. Mm-hmm. But, uh, like, me personally, coming from Carbondale, like, unless you're going bar hopping or you want to drive around or park yourself at a gas station, like, you're, you don't have too many options. <laughs> but it is what it is. But let's get a little more in your relationships. Pequeño very piquito like do you expect to have a family once you graduate or like you want to get into the workforce when you're a little bit older like do you have a preference of how you'd like your life to unfold 
That's a good question. Um, Thank you. I thought about it a little while. <laughs> appreciate that. Um, I try. I feel like the people who set time limits on things like that are usually the ones that are most disappointed when it doesn't play out the way they want it to. Mm-hmm. So I know people who are like, oh, I'm going to have family by, you know, like 25. Not family. I'm going to be married 25, have kids 27. Uh, we're going to be this and this at 30 but when it doesn't happen you know they're all like i don't understand what's going on i feel like life has its own timetable for Mm -hmm. what's meant to happen for me especially so i like to just let things happen you know when i try to plan things and expect it to go a certain way i'm usually disappointed when they don't pan out that way understandable and so yeah i just like to go with the flow and let life do what it has in store for me what it do we'll see what it do definitely okay. that's probably a good way to look at it it's a very relaxed way to look at it absolutely so you're just kind of rolling with the flow absolutely just because like i said i don't want to feel like i'm putting a timetable on myself and mm-hmm. then maybe you start to stress when it's not going how i want it to so in order to avoid that you know just trust that everything that's meant to happen will mm-hmm. and everything that's not won't have you always been this relaxed I have not. Um, I've actually. Um, I would say about my freshman year of college is when I started to look at things differently, which led to a more relaxed attitude. Because if you're stressed out about everything, it's never gonna like. If you're stressed out about everything, then everything is gonna bother you. Mm-hmm. And I used to be very um, like detail oriented and very nitpicky about everything. Really, really. You were uptight. Uh, I wouldn't say uptight, but definitely, like... Particular? Particular. That's a very good word. I guess it is this of a synonym of it, but I, I like to look at that better. I understand. I feel like that's a better connotation. I got um, you. But, yeah, so when I got to college, after the many disappointments from being, you know, particular and nitpicky, I was like, how about instead of just going into things with the expectations of anything, you just let what's gonna happen happen mm-hmm. you know and you just build from there and I feel like that's helped me a lot in my college days because not even just you know with relationships in general with school in general if you go into it like oh I'm gonna get all A's this semester or you know I'm gonna make the dean's list every semester yeah. and it doesn't happen you know there's nothing wrong with striving for that yeah let's get that out of the way have a goal there's nothing wrong with that exactly but if you're gonna stress about everything, you're never gonna have time to actually enjoy yourself and just enjoy life. Mm-hmm. So I, while I do work hard, I try to keep a good balance of enjoying myself also because all work, no plays, no fun. Yeah, I got you. So like your freshman year of college, whenever you said you got a little more relaxed, mm-hmm. like was it just kind of the disappointments of like your friendships, relationships, and like the way school was? And if, was it difficult that made you realize that you needed chill out um, or was it just like a certain event or was it just the way life was treating you um i feel like it was a combination of things like i spoke on the uh expectation of me coming to high school um as like a basically a straight a student from mm-hmm. elementary and then <laughs> getting a rude awakening yeah. to like and then like how i spoke on the friends that let you down things like that i feel like those experiences that I spoke on have like led up to the blueprint for me to become who I am. Mm-hmm. Because I feel like every lesson that you learn has a reason behind it. It's not just gonna happen for no reason. And I like to take those lessons and be very careful with the meaning of them to make sure that they don't happen again. I got you. Because if you just allow the same things to keep happening to you, they will. And so I try to move very differently because of that. Okay. Do you feel like you enjoy life more now compared to when you were in high school or like even I guess freshman year of college but I'll say a little bit more because that's whenever you said like the change was does it just seem more enjoyable the way you live your life um definitely I've always even when I was stressing about things I still enjoyed myself like in high school I was never just like like panic attack uh (laughs) super stressed uh I'm worried about this type but uh there's definitely been a change but I would say I enjoy myself a lot for sure. Uh, freshman year of college was the best year of college. Also. Really? Yes. Okay. I came in and 
everything was so new you know the freedom that you get being away from home is when you first get it it's like nothing else i got you and yeah but ever since then you know i've gotten used to it it's still very nice to have the freedom you know and i still look forward to coming back but i would say just just to answer your question because I, I do like to ramble no you're uh, okay it's interesting yeah i like it i would say uh, that life in general has made me who i am and like caused me to be the way i am i got you well you are the more experienced man so like you're the big man on campus to me like, <laughs> well if i look to an older friend it's you a couple other people but i talk to you the most mm-hmm. you also like you live right over there correct right right in windows view um you know it's all this no they can't see this but we're yeah. looking out of his window and i stay in the um, group of buildings that's right here mm-hmm. about two doors down so yeah i'm right there it's kind of crazy how life works out i bet you didn't expect to meet a guy like me right i, I did not at all no, no. Uh, the feelings mutual i didn't expect somebody to whip my ass but that's okay <laughs> don't believe what he says people well oh, let's see how far we're into this puppy you having a good time at least i am how are you like i'm doing pretty good like it's very enjoyable. I kind of miss doing these, especially I have an entire list of people that I've been trying to talk to and see who would be interested in it, as you have been on the list for a very long time. And I'm glad I was able to oblige you. I've been wanting to get on the podcast for a very long time also. Have you ever been on a podcast before? I have not, actually. Do you listen to podcasts? I do. Um, I'd like to think of podcasts just as like video-less interviews, depending uh-huh. on the um podcast obviously but i feel like yours remind me the most of like video list interviews mm-hmm. and i like to watch interviews like for people that you know i like like sports figures or actors things like that i like to watch their interviews so i got you. your podcast reminds me a lot of that well like usually whenever i do this thing i try to have an idea of who i would want to have on it mm-hmm. I, I try to be have it with people that i know that i have chemistry with that can talk to me not everybody has the capacity to talk for long periods of time especially like i don't want to say i'm draining but having the microphone and then also me in the equations can be a little daunting to some people but me and you are friends so it's a little bit easier yeah and i don't i don't think you're giving yourself enough credit you know you're definitely giving me very positive energy well thank you so far thank you well the feeling is mutual um the worst part about podcasts is what i want to happen the most is that some people I'm not going to say the group of people that I have to listen to this podcast it encompasses everybody all the time, mm-hmm. but there's definitely, say, you're going to be on the podcast. Your friends are going to hear about it, and they'll probably listen to it, mm-hmm. and I like that. I'd prefer your friends to listen and learn more about you, but the idea of this is to hopefully have more people understand things about people they wouldn't expect to understand, mm-hmm. and the people that consistently listen will get that. Like they will understand that this guy, I don't know him. He's going to be different than who I'm used to speaking to or I'm used to hearing from. But I'm going to connect to that person, most likely, probably, hopefully. Mm-hmm. So the thing like me and you, we're on the complete different sides of the state. <laughs> like we would have never met each other if we didn't come to the same college, but we became friends. It's crazy, right? It is. So the idea that some people, which I, it's kind of a bummer, but the lack of understanding. I usually talk about this if I ever get to my feelings about life. But life is better when you make an attempt to understand. So for the people that may never meet you, never get the pleasure of meeting you, like that doesn't mean that they can't understand you and be on the same ground as you. And I think that's what things like this are made for. Don't get me wrong, I like the bullshit. Play with slime, drink Diet Coke. That's <laughs> ideal. <laughs> but it's supposed to be good vibes. I, I think there are good vibes because me and you spoke about this before, and I remember you told me you felt like a lot of problems in the world come from people not truly like taking a chance to get to know each other. Mm-hmm. And I agree with that a lot because even though you may not agree with what someone else says, there's, I feel like there's a little bit of logic behind everything mm-hmm. and I've never been one to judge someone based on anything I like to get to know their character before I make any decision I like so that. like 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 when me and you met you're not like any of my other friends <laughs> that I've ever had 
but that's fine you know i'm open to that mm-hmm. just because you are like when i got to know you you're a good dude well thanks i had to get a second bag coke i'm sorry that's fine this is interesting watch you pour it but i'm a professional <laughs> yeah uh me and you have very similar views on that just in terms of people and how they I feel like they could get along a lot better if they took a second to maybe actually talk to each other mm-hmm. and got some of the unresolved differences and maybe some of the ignorances about each other out of their mind. It's pretty bogus. And it can be draining, too. Yeah. Like, you walk around thinking, man, me and that dude will never get along or me and that girl or just, like, I can't talk to them about this. They would never understand. Exactly. Like, don't get me wrong. There's a chance. Exactly. But also there's a chance that you guys can be, become friends or understand each other or appreciate each other. Exactly. We're all human. Exactly. And I feel like, um, not to bring this on the dating scale, but I feel like I hear that a lot in terms of, like, when people speak about like having friends of different races and things like that or dating people of different races because they're like, you know, they can't relate to me, but I, I'm never going to downplay like there are specific groups of people who go through specific things. Mm-hmm. But at the end of the day, we're human, you know. Maybe they can relate to you on how they have allergies during allergy season or <laughs> yeah. how they hate the cold or something like that, you know. I like that. There's always something you can relate to people about, and it can bring mm-hmm. people together, but you have to want to look for a reason to unite each other instead of just looking for reasons to separate or keep each other apart, you know. I like that. Definitely. Well, I'm, I'm going to be honest, Joe. Whenever I first met you, I honestly thought you were a little bit of a ladies' man. I don't want to call you a player by any means. I feel like... The thing is, a player nowadays, I feel like that's a bad term. Like, also, fuckboy gets thrown around. I, did, I definitely didn't think you were one of those. But, like, you gave off the vibe. I think it's because you have confidence and, like, you're content with who you are as a person. Don't get me wrong. I'm sure there's things that you're working on, like we all are. But you definitely gave off a vibe of, like... You're happy to be who you are, and you're willing to show with people that you want to show to. And I think that's very important. And I'd say that's probably attractive to the young women around campus. <laughs> I say, I I wouldn't say. One thing that's kind of strange is some people will either call me a flirt or just a really nice guy. Mm-hmm. Thing is, like I don't. Sometimes I almost feel like being nice is considered flirting. Mm-hmm. But it's just. I guess people just aren't as nice as they used to be. And I think that's the problem. <laughs> and I think that's, like you said, that's a big thing because people expect, maybe not expect, but it's become something that they're used to for people to just be, maybe brush them off or just be very neutral with them. And when they meet someone that's nice, like you said, it comes to them like, oh, he must have um, some you know, malicious intent. Exactly, some <laughs> internal motives that don't match with theirs. But. Really, there's nothing wrong with being nice, and you're a prime example of that. I may not be the nicest, but I like to think when it comes to certain things, I am very nice, you know, understanding, and I'm not a ladies' man, contrary <laughs> to what he may believe, but definitely, um, I don't. I feel like people aren't used to niceness anymore, mm-hmm. and women may take that the wrong way, and men also may, I feel like kindness is often mistaken for weakness. And that no. shouldn't be how it is at all. That is bogus. Well, I will say one thing. Don't sell yourself short about being nice. You are a very nice man. The only problem is I'm a little more, like, I don't want to say extroverted, but I guess that's the word <laughs> to use. Like, I definitely throw my shit out there a little bit more than you do. And that's not a bad thing. That's just like a personality thing. Mm-hmm. But you're definitely a nice man. Thank you. But there was something I was going to ask you that was kind of off. Not romance, per se, but it was just like life in general. Mm-hmm. Damn, I hate it whenever I have a train of thought. And it just I think it was probably the Diet Coke and the slime that did it to me. <laughs> Damn. No, well, I'll think about it. But would you like to play with the slime, by the way? Sure. There you go. You only live once. And I'm trying to think. Do you live with Julian? Um, I don't. Um, she stays two doors down from me, though. Okay. So we see each other a lot. And... Yeah, I stay with, you know, some guys. I stay with one person that I knew prior to moving in, mm-hmm. and one of my other housemates moved out, and I stay with another um, gentleman who I hadn't met before this semester. But, again, coming into it, I wasn't just, like, 
because I I was the only black person in my house, but mm-hmm. I didn't think of it like that. I was just like, okay, I'm in a house with people who I don't know one of them, but let's just see how it goes. You know, it could be something. They could be the nicest people I ever met on this campus, mm-hmm. but I'm willing to give it a try just because I don't like to discount people or events before I've tried them out. Because you never know if you don't try. I got you. So whenever you came here and that you knew people that came here, was that did you feel like that was something that it helped you, or like you felt like you weren't making as many friends because you knew people? Um, I felt like the fact that I knew people already helped a lot because, um, you know, people that you're you're gonna vibe with those who you're supposed to, and so mm-hmm. me and my friends enjoy playing basketball, and I made a lot of friends just off that alone. You know, people that. I probably wouldn't have talked to before then or it would have been like very very rare that we would have talked we became cool just based on you know basketball alone or talking about uh video games or talking about football or the nba things like that so Mm -hmm. i wouldn't say it limited my ability to make new friends but it definitely helped in my opinion just with my confidence to come with coming to school because people are like man am i gonna make friends or mm-hmm. you know i came here with three friends so I, I was pretty happy about that i like it so well as of right now do you feel like you're happy absolutely um you know there are things i'm working towards and obviously like you said everyone has things they want to work on but i feel like there are things i'm working towards and i'm becoming a better person each day and I can honestly say I'm happy right now because mm-hmm. it's not about life. Happiness isn't about like monetary things or how much of anything you have. It's all about like what who you are as a person and what you're doing at that moment. And I like the direction I'm going in. All right. Well, we let into it, so I'll ask the big question. Are you ready? Yes. What makes you happy, Joe? Man. And we'll go. Let's do day by day. Mm-hmm. Then, in general, and what do you think will make you happy in life? Okay. Um, what makes me happy day by day? Um, being able to talk to my friends. Mm-hmm. Being able to get in a meal before class. <laughs> being able to work out. Uh, in terms of like on a bigger scale, like maybe week by week when the Packers win. Nice. Reasonable. That, that makes me very much happy. Uh, when the Warriors win, you know, when the NBA season is in. Okay. Being able to talk to my parents, hear they're doing well, um, that they're not worried about me because they do like to worry about me while I'm here. Yeah. And in terms of on a bigger scale than that, in terms of right now, what makes me happy? Um, just knowing that the person I am is much better than the person that I've been because I feel like if you're not getting better, you're getting worse. Uh-huh. And I feel like I'm getting better as a person. And what will make me happy in life? Um, I would say just being contempt with the decisions that I made in life and where it leads me. Mm-hmm. So, like, maybe 20 years from now, uh, knowing that I'm with the right woman and uh, made the right decisions for my future children and for my family my parents you know things like that as, as long as I'm content with the decisions I made then that's all I can really do to make me happy because life's gonna take its turns it's gonna be terrible at certain points it's gonna be good at certain points and great at others but as long as I'm content with the decisions I made then that's what'll make me happy in life hmm. yeah. I like that that's pretty dope definitely okay I'm tempted to ask a question that I don't usually ask, mm-hmm. which this will be something new. And if you don't want to answer it, I kind of understand. But what's like some of the worst stuff in your life that you felt like you had to overcome? Um, some of the worst stuff. I th- this might be like a new part of the podcast that I do. Like, <laughs> I want to be a happy podcast, but also like, how about I'll start with my worst stuff and then you'll go to your worst stuff alright I probably should have asked you the happiness question after this part but piss on we'll be happy <laughs> after definitely um, the worst stuff that I've had to experience um, obviously there's loss there's stuff like that there's financial burdens there's things that have happened in my family and but we are all we're a family and we stuck together mm-hmm. but the financial things weren't terrible 
they were bad at points. I actually lived in a retirement home at one point, believe it or not. Really? Yeah, for six months. It was fun. <laughs> but I'm very grateful that I have the family that I have because they've made me who I am today. Mm-hmm. But uh, my family has always been something that's been very important to me and what's made me happy or has been there to at least support me when I needed it. Mm-hmm. Like, I imagine your parents are the same way with you. Definitely. But, uh, like, the worst things that I've had to experience or the things that I felt like I've had to overcome in certain points... Uh, it's usually just the way I looked at myself. Like it was more of just. It's not that I was never. Uh, there were points where I really disliked myself. There were points where I thought I was overweight, or I thought I wasn't cool, or I thought I wasn't funny. Just knickknack shit like that. Especially whenever you're a younger kid, you don't know what's right and wrong. But like overcoming the idea of you don't have to look a certain way to be a decent human being or to be happy with the way you look that was something that was pretty big but I'm just grateful now that I can appreciate people not just for the way they look but also it's more about how you treat them and how you treat others Exactly. and I think that's a very good thing so like Dealing with loss, dealing with people not wanting to be around you, or having to fight through things that, like, if you can't understand. Like, I don't. Are you religious, Joe? I am. All right. Are you like Christian, um, Muslim, I, I, like I, Jewish? Are you Hindu? Are you Buddhist? Are you a nihilist? <laughs> um, I would at this moment. Um, I'm currently. Are you spiritual? Uh, I'm Christian at You're the Christian. moment. But uh, I've been learning a lot about Islam. So for people unfamiliar, that's like what Muslims are. Uh-huh. And I've been re- relating a lot to that and its message of uniting people, you know, mm-hmm. and for people loving each other, like what we spoke about for yeah. being human, regardless of other things. But yeah, to answer your question, I am religious. All right. Well, I respect your answer. Thank what you. I was going to say is there's a prayer that I learned about probably whenever I was younger, but I also read it in a book one time. It was Kurt Vonnegut's Slaughterhouse-Five. It was for a class assignment. It was the Serenity Prayer. And it's a pretty good prayer. And even if you're not religious, it's just good words to live by. But to paraphrase it, it's, uh, God grant me the wisdom to know the difference between the things I can change and the things that I can't. Give me the strength to change the things that I can. and Give me the serenity to be able to live with the things I cannot change and I think that's one of the things that I've had to learn is that as long as I can try to be a good person and try to be a good man uh, even though I'm a kid I'm gonna I'm trying to be a man I'm trying to be a big boy Joe <laughs> but uh, you're on the way there thank you I appreciate it I'm making my way downtown but uh, it's just the idea of just trying to be a good person is something that I think it's kind of a daily struggle. It's a thing that you don't want to think you're a good person or you think you're a great individual or think you're funny or think you're smart or think you're this, that, and the other. It's just one of those things that you got to believe that you got to try your best. And at the end of the day, at the end of your life, maybe you'll figure it out. But as long as you try to be a good person, I figure that's the most important. I got way off on the tangent train right there, son. <laughs> Damn. All right. You were making very good points, you know. You were rolling. Well, thank you. Thank you, Joe. But guess to roll back to you now. All right. <laughs> I hit the wall. <laughs> like, what is something that you've overcome in your life that was pretty strong? Um, <clears throat> I can agree with the points that you made. A lot of them actually... Um, just to go point by point, loss. Um, when I was in seventh, no, eighth grade, my grandfather died, mm-hmm. and I was very close to him. You know, it brought me and my father closer together. Just him losing his father and me losing my grandfather. Um, that's a big one. Uh, getting over the insecurities, I uh, I can agree to what you were saying. Definitely, you know, there are certain points when you're like. Oh uh, man, am I popular? Am I cool? And it's stuff that you look at it now, and you're like, that's that's stupid. But at the time, you know, that's we were kids. We didn't have any bigger things to worry about, so that was the main issue in our heads. And I had to get over that because, 
like you said as long as I like myself that's all that matters mm-hmm. and financial things of course before my, my mom um, graduated college when I was a junior in high school um, before that she was working you know BS jobs things like that but when she got her degree her income went up and life improved but before that um, money was definitely an issue uh, we were never down too bad but it was never like we had a, a whole bunch to blow either mm-hmm. that's probably why I'm so bad with money now because <laughs> I never really had a lot of it so I spent it on I'm, I spent it making bad decisions they do be like that yeah but <laughs> makes us human exactly but um, just in terms of that I've, I've had to overcome similar things to you and again look at that we're relating to each other mm-hmm. and we're on like you said two completely different sides of the state people of two different races but we can relate to each other on that alone and just I would say an identity crisis too I kind of had that growing up because <clears throat> my father is actually half white mm-hmm. my grandmother is German and Spanish so that's an interesting mix in itself it okay. is um, so I was always not always but I'm fairly like I guess and I was lighter than most of my classmates and uh, you know it do be like that sometimes yeah they would talk about me like oh yeah you're white and things like that so I, you, you hear something so many times it kind of starts to get to you like uh-huh. man am I really white and then you ask your parents are like well I mean yeah but you're black too so it's mm-hmm. like just finding finding out who you are I had to really figure out who I am as a person and ever since then I feel like I had the confidence boost to accept who I am that you said you read from me when we first met mm-hmm. because at the end of the day I'm always going to be me I just had to figure out who I was I respect that Definitely. well I will say one thing I'm glad that we became friends ooh, ooh that's what uh, he's got hands he got a bottle anyway Definitely. but like I'd say if, if most people saw us like man that guy's beating the piss out of that other kid no <laughs> but like I'm glad that we made a friendship, and even if we are different, like we're friends, and exactly. we we're pretty similar. Don't get me wrong. Again, I probably say more shit than you do that I shouldn't, <laughs> <laughs> but still, I think it's awesome that we've got to meet each other, and the world works in mysterious ways, and they got us both to come to Springfield. Exactly, and I agree completely. Mm-hmm. Well, I'd say this podcast has been over an hour. Is there anything that you want to ask me, Big Dog? Um, how was it having me on your podcast? I think it was very good. I think this is probably the best return episode I could probably ask for. There was a couple people that I was going to ask, but I figured I need to have Joe on. I appreciate that, man. But, yeah, you're a cool man. I think anybody that gets to know you would usually like you. I don't know of anybody that dislikes you. <laughs> a few people that think you're a ladies' man, but we already talked about that before. Uh, okay. Hate to disappoint him. Yeah, hey, <laughs> you hate to see it, but nah, you're a pretty cool guy, Joe. I'm glad to call you my friend. I'm glad that you were on. But Definitely, and I appreciate you having me on. We planned this, it was after, I think we sparred one time. I remember it was, we were in the locker room at the track, mm-hmm. and we, I told you, like, hey, I got a podcast. You're like, really? And I was like, yeah. He was like, and here we are. Exactly, we made it happen. Well, have you ever? Do you think you'll ever be on another one uh, of yours? Like whenever you're older, maybe about to graduate. Um, I'm I'm open to it for sure. Um, the worst part is you're older than me, so it's yeah. a little more complicated. <laughs> so next year you're gonna be out, bro. Man, it's crazy how fast college goes. Are like, you excited? Um, nervous. Is you're a nervous. Better word. Yeah, you're just, anxious. Yeah. Just to see what life has ahead of me um, once I leave Springfield and how everything is going to play out, you know. Mm-hmm. So I'm definitely anxious, nervous, et cetera, et cetera, for when I graduate. Okay. Do you have any advice for me? Um, as a college student, uh, I'll give you advice. Work hard, but don't forget to enjoy yourself. I feel like that's the most important advice you can give anyone in college mm-hmm. um, because of course this is what's going to determine you know 
how you provide for yourself when you grow up not when you grow up when you get out of here because you're grown up already mm-hmm. but you don't want to look back and like and say to yourself man I missed out on this and this because I was doing this you know there's nothing wrong with working hard but it's nothing wrong with enjoying yourself either so I would say make sure you find a healthy balance I got you okay is there anything else that you feel like we didn't cover uh, I think we covered a lot actually yeah we went through a little bit of it but it was pretty good I think I had a good time I think it was pretty good also we got to an hour and five minutes really yeah are you surprised I am actually did you feel like it went like longer or faster I feel like it went pretty fast to be honest good conversation tends to do it definitely <laughs> I agree with that even though I agree we have very good conversations and man that's really all I can say about it mm-hmm I'm glad I came, you know. Me glad too. we were able to make this happen. Hopefully again eventually. Of course. I'm always down. All right. You were the 27th episode. I'm going to wrap this puppy up. Would you like to play with the slime one more time? <laughs> I'm fine. <thank laughs> you. It's like that that wet feeling when you first pick it up. Yeah, like it turns you off and then you have to keep going. Yeah. I, I won't say that about too many things. Okay. <laughs> anyway, all right. Ladies and gentlemen. Oh, that's that's definitely what I'll need to give paper towel for that. Anyway, focus. Thank you all for listening. This is the 27th episode with my friend Joe. Spotify, iTunes, SoundCloud. Tell your friends. I'm going to have an Instagram post. We got that drip. Uh, <laughs> you're going to see me with the button up, but except it's not going to be buttoned. It's open. I'm wearing the white t-shirt. I figured this might be a little bit of a, like, I was getting a little spicy, and I, yeah, like, yeah. unbuttoned the shirt. You're dripping on I'm trying my best. I'm wearing my Sperry's and everything, dog. Golden toe socks, though. I almost went, like, sockless. Anyway. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, thank you, and please pursue your own happiness.